Nikki and I thank each of you for listening to Don't Look Under the Bed. And we hope that you will subscribe, share, and rate the show. This week, Nikki and I chat with the managing partner of Hospitality MD, a hospitality consulting firm driven to revolutionize the hospitality industry with an insider's approach. Hospitality MD specializes in identifying a hotel's operational weaknesses and work to execute an aggressive stabilization plan. Hospitality MD believes a hotel's success is dependent on management proximity to guest and team member experience, not from meetings in a stuffy C-suite office. Our guest hosts the Hospitality MD podcast, where he interviews hospitable people from all over the world, working all sorts of jobs. He is a true hospitalitarian. Please welcome Kyle Allison. Thank you for joining us for Don't Look Under the Bed. Today, we are delighted to chat with our friend and what do you call yourself? A hospitalitarian? I can't take credit for that word, but I do call myself a hospitalitarian. That's right. I love that. Please meet Kyle Allison. He is managing partner of Hospitality MD and host, podcast host of the same title. And he is here to revolutionize the industry and he's doing a phenomenal job. We are so happy to have you here with us. Welcome, Kyle. Welcome. Thank you so, so much to both you, Nikki and Robin. Thank you guys. Listen, I, I listen to your show um, and you always have awesome guests with great stories, gems and nuggets. Um, first, tell us about your hospitality journey. I know you, on your show, you ask, you know, when did you first feel hospitality? Um, so kind of give us your story um, and bring us up to Hospitality MD. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess the first moment I felt hospitality, I guess, right, to, to go back to that is, you know, and, and maybe I don't have a moment precisely that mm-hmm. I can necessarily remember, but being uh, with my mom, who's a flight attendant, she has been for probably 40 years now with United Airlines, um, and being able to go with her and fly to Hawaii for, you know, 30 hours and then come back is just was laying the foundation for my obsession with travel, tourism, and then specifically hotels because, and that's what I try to keep in mind now is every time I would walk into a hotel as a kid, you know, it was that feeling of importance, feeling of, you know, wow, there's no way that anything could ever go wrong here. Like this is like a utopian environment. Now, obviously we know that that's not true at all. And it's actually probably more so in the direction of everything is going wrong. However, that's how I want people to feel when they come in and and stay in and when it's my responsibility to curate that experience. So I always Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. And and that's kind of the foundation of my hospitality. But um, so it started out young, you know, I played a hotel with my, in my house as a kid, when I was six, my parents were getting daily housekeeping service and in-room That's dining. That's what it's called. It's, no, seriously, it runs that deep. Like it was actually as, you know, they lucked out the game that I wanted to play was cleaning their room, you know, my parents and everything. So it was uh, certainly it's been ingrained in me for a long time. And then I finally started out working in a hotel when I was 17 years old. 
And, uh, you know, I was shortly after starting at the front desk, I became a front office supervisor and Mm -hmm. got to kind of experience a unique senior year of high school of going to school in the morning um, and then going in for my PM MOD shift after work. Um, <laughs> and then being there till God knows how long until this shift is over. And then, uh, maybe being late to school the next day, maybe not oh, yeah. doing my homework because, you know, <laughs> hospitality strong, like you got to do what you got to do to make it happen. You do. Um, but that was what got me so in love with the industry yeah. was like, just the madness of, of the whole thing and, and, and that. So that was my first job. And since then, um, you know, I've to, without going into all the boring details, but I've ultimately up until this point worked in nine hotels in four different States in full-time and task force roles, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, smallest hotel, 209 rooms, largest hotel, 1200 rooms. Um, so I feel like I've, I've, seen a lot and I've done a lot in hotels and now I uh, am a hospitalitarian with Hospitality MD, my own brand. Um, And I just love meeting and talking to people and making the hotel industry a better place for everyone. Yeah. I love that you say um, hospitality is everybody's business. And that encompasses so much because every day we're engaging with somebody. And so it could go here or it could go there. And when I worked, I worked at the front desk seven years, I think. Um, And you have the opportunity to really make somebody's day or really screw it up, you know? So it's like, which, (laughs) which road are you going to (laughs) take? Are you going to go, are you going to be that person to go the extra step? you know, to make somebody's day and make it a memorable experience? Or are you going to be that person at the front desk that says, oh, well, check-in time's not till four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and just so like can, that. And just like that. Yeah. So, you know, talk a little bit about um, hospitality being everybody's business. And then just from the standpoint of, you know, like going to the cleaners or to Trader Joe's or, you know, and that's, that's precisely important. it. Yeah, that's that's precisely it. And just to kind of comment on what you just mentioned about going kind of in those two different directions, right? One nugget that I think might be good for your viewers that actually I've carried with me from one of my first interviews with Hospitality MD was actually with a panel of college students from Purdue University Northwest. Ah. And um, one of the the gentlemen I was interviewing with said, you want to take that interaction from we can edit this because there's a side. No, it's fine. That. No, okay. this is real life. It's okay. This oh, okay, is real life. Cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, live on a busy street. But yeah, it's fine. So you want to take that interaction from transactional to transformational. Mm-hmm. And like I love just how he worded that and everything. And that's kind of been um, you know, I think it, it applies to that situation. Are you gonna say sorry, no can do. This is the policy check-ins at four, you know, just meh, you know, just yeah, right. not good. Yeah. Or are you going to go up to bat for that guest's intimate experience of coming to an unfamiliar place with their family um, or by themselves and just the anxiety that comes with the process of traveling? Mm-hmm. And are you going to 
like understand number one and be cognizant of it, but are you also going to nurture it and try and make it better for that guest? Because it's like hotels and stuff, like they're so intimate, like you're naked inside the hotel room, like you're sleeping, like you're so vulnerable and you're in a place that you don't know about. And Mm -hmm. like, I think people downplay the intimacy and like that vulnerability that people have when they come into the hotels and, you know, it's almost hard not to take that transaction or that interaction from transactional to transformational if you really understand and uh, almost hyperbolize how intimate it is. Like mm-hmm. I, you can tell I'm being very dramatic about the whole thing, but I actually know, but really it's true. Yeah. How true that is. Yeah. I really do. Um, but that's nobody ever wants to train that way. Yeah. You know, it, and right, I think that's, right. that's another kind of component to that. Yeah. But to answer your question, right? Hospitality is everyone's business and it's a multifaceted kind of uh, philosophy, I feel. Um, Number one, like you mentioned, Trader Joe's, the middle school librarian, whoever you are, Mm -hmm. you are in the business of hospitality. Again, relieving people's anxiety because if you're not an expert at something, you're looking to that person to help you. That's right. Um, and a little hospitality goes a long way, no matter what industry you're in. So hospitality is everyone's business in that sense, you know, kind of the, maybe the more literal sense. Hospitality is everyone's business as in minding your business, right? You should mind it. You should be aware of it. You should embrace it. And um, just like I was exaggerating about the guests being so intimate and naked in the hotel and all that kind of stuff, that's part of that philosophy is minding that understanding of that business Mm -hmm. and then finally within the hotel industry which is the component that I primarily focus on and you know what I'm most passionate about um you know everybody from your owners need to understand this is what really gets me is like if you don't want to be in the hospitality business then go buy a strip mall and like even then you're still in the hospitality business Mm -hmm. but at least your guests are just coming in and out and they don't maybe don't have those expectations. If you're going to run and own a hospitality organization and you want to reap the benefits of that, you need to understand that you are doing something that's very sacred um, and really embrace that. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of the other component is hospitality is not just the business of the people who are serving the guests. It's the owners, the management company, the C-suite executives, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're absolutely, I mean, there's so many levels to it mm-hmm. and, yeah. and we're all in it together. You know, when you think about it and um, to me, one of the best feelings is when guests, when they know that you get them and that you understand what they're looking for and then you're able to provide it to them. And um, it, it's about the feels, you know, I think you got to feel your customer out and then you have to give the feels to that person and just you know we we give people experiences when mm-hmm. they come in mm-hmm. there is like that um electric moment when you know and they know that you finally understood what they want because mm-hmm. like you're both salespeople, right yes okay so i'm sure you've like you know in negotiating and trying to like discover what your client wants when you finally have that light bulb moment I've never done that before with a guest in on that large of a of a scale Mm -hmm. um aside from my kind of one-off interactions but um you know when when you finally have that 
moment of clarity with the guest and and they feel that you understand them I mean it's because a lot of times I think people expect that the person they're dealing with is a barrier to them getting what they want um <laughs> a lot of the times right yeah it's kind of that's true yeah whether so it's the true. front desk agent at the when they're checking in on like a, a transient level or when it's the group who wants to come in or they want to have a social event and whoever they're dealing with is a lot of times, you know, they probably go into it in a defensive state because of other traumatic anti-hospitality experiences that, that they've had. So it's when they're finally like, wait, this person is actually on my side. We finally see eye to eye. They're not a barrier anymore. It's like, oh, you know, like finally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, I worked at the front desk for seven years, a night audit, I, pretty much all of it. And when I made my transition to sales, the country club, as we call it, um, I vowed I was going to be the salesperson that I would have wanted when I was working at the front desk. So for me, hospitality actually starts internal for me um, with the appreciation of the staff, with um, going to the front desk meetings, you know, with attending some of the, the, the pre-shift meetings to talk about a group, you know, going through the resume, telling them how, why it's important that, you know, John be able to get into the presidential suite at whatever time. And also just being appreciative for them because when I, I, when I was at the front desk, it wasn't like that. It was kind of like, you know, you had the country club folks that would walk by in their suits and they'd walk by you and go to the restaurant. <laughs> be like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who are those folks and what are they doing? Because they're in a restaurant or in the bar all the time. And they did not engage with us. So I always vowed that I would be that that liaison for the staff and it, you know, and and always want to be the I, I want to give the staff feels too. You know, it's not just about the guest. Mm -hmm. So can you speak to, you know, your experience um, with with some of that, you know, working yeah. at the front desk, being a front office manager, MOD and all that? That's a, I, it took me a few seconds when you said the first time the country club, I was like, huh? And I thought literally for a second, I'm like, oh. no, the country club. It's like the, the sales office. Yeah. The <laughs> castle. Yes. The we, castle. Uh, <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> we, uh, we called it at one of my hotels, the 501 club. Yes. Because <laughs> by 501, that office would be dead, completely yes. empty. And it was, it's like, you see the tumbleweed rolling across when you open the door. It's um, a real thing. It's true. And it's like, you know, for like me, you know, as a front office manager, I'm like, I got in at like 6.45 AM. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they were all asleep at the time. That's they right. They show up, uh, you know, for, for morning standup meeting and they're still on, in their coats when we're doing the meeting, like they mm -hmm. just rolled mm -hmm. up and then 501 rolls around and I'm like, I am just now getting an opportunity to do the work that I was hired to do to do in the first place. Yeah. After yeah. 11 hours of being here, you know, and right. they're already clean out of yeah. the hotel. And because that. of that perception, that's why I tried, I worked extra hard to not be that person. I wanted to be there when my groups checked in and things like that. So you, you had that same experience then. Obviously. Oh, I really with, did. And with I the think country it's club. almost like the country club, <laughs> the castle, the 501, like, I actually want to hear like you could probably do a whole um, like compilation video of different um, <laughs> uh, operations people, whatever nicknames they have for the sales department. Oh, because yes. it's Seriously, like those stereotypes and like that 
culture is like mm-hmm. so ingrained into like the social fabric of the hotel industry. It by is. Now. It um, is. But yeah, I did have the same experience. So as I was hearing you talking about like, you know, you you went to the meetings and you're trying to have people understand the importance beyond just you didn't read the resume. Like it's like I was like, wow, I wish I had that when I was, um, you know, yeah. like I'm thinking to myself, we should uh, start our own hotel and bring all the people who do the right things. Imagine how great the team would be, you know? That's what I'm, always that's, say that's that. I'm saying. The dream team. <laughs> the dream team. Well, yeah. seriously, it's like, and I, I think about that too, just interviewing so many great people on Hospitality MD and talking to you guys. I'm like, for some reason, nobody could ever get it right to have all these people in one hotel doing it together. But imagine like getting that orchestration just right to bring the right people in and then everybody just being on the same page and just loving what they're doing and having a yeah. great time. Um, yeah. I guess we'll have to stay tuned for, yes. for that project. We'll have our own Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think one of the most important things, like you said, is because there's like that demystifying sales for the operations people yeah. because they just see you whining and dining and going mm-hmm. out and doing this and leaving at 501 and um you know cushy job cushy hours and leaving um, the front desk to walk people yeah well yeah yeah exactly I would, this... I would even i would even stay for the walks i would stay for the walks too yeah especially that's, if it was a group yeah that's so, love right there that, yeah so like it... i said we're in the cert we Nikki and I talk about this all the time, our love of service and just doing the right thing. And I was going to say, what I usually would find is, uh, you know, when I throw myself in front of the bus with the rest of the staff, you know, if I had a team checking out and it was going to be a quick turn, you know, I'd be up there with housekeeping, stripping beds, Mm -hmm. or I'd be in the front desk, you know, running around, helping them as we welcomed the team in. You would always have those um, front desk associates who would be like, I can't believe you're down here. I can't believe you're still here. You know, I I'm known to run outside and meet a bus on the front drive and bring the people in, you know, holding the front door. And um, you're right. I mean, that's just, you know, I'm never going to ask or expect somebody to do thing that I'm not willing to do. Yeah. So can you believe it, Kyle, you have two, not one, but two unicorns. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, well, so you, you said you wanted to give me chills and we're talking just happened right now. (laughs) It happened. I wanted Um, to give you, it happened. So confirmed. This is real. It just happened when you said you were up there stripping beds and helping out. I'm literally thinking to myself, I couldn't even get my salespeople to be ready in the lobby when their site tours would come in. I'd be calling and calling and calling and calling. No, everybody's on lunch at the same time. There's nobody to answer the phone, all this stuff. Nobody cares. And they're just thinking that the product is going to sell itself and they don't need to do any work, you know? Um, So to hear that like contrast is just like, mind-boggling yeah <laughs> and especially I, uh and I know how these rooms look after the sports teams check out <laughs> so it's like to be up there during that period where you know you have pizza and soda all over the right. place mm-hmm. like it's yeah. just that much more like raw and authentic I feel yeah yeah I'd always tell them I'm sales you're the resale team I'm on the sales mm. team you're on the resale team mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. We get them in here, but you hold it together while while they're here with us. And 
that's kind of, you know, that's, and then people respect you. So when you are yeah. asking for things that are maybe a little bit out there. Yeah. Cause we do. Yeah. We, I I'm, I've been known, uh, they're, they're a lot quicker to jump on the wagon with you because they know like, you know what, she's asking us to do it, but she's going to be right here with us. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it, it's yeah. important. It is. And I think that's really, that's really it because like, I think speaking on behalf of operations people, and if there's anybody listening who disagrees with me, please speak up. But I, I definitely feel like we don't get upset when there's like an unreasonable request or unreasonable request from sales because we want to make sure that we have the business for the hotel too. Right, right. And we understand the position that 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 sales gets put in to in such a competitive landscape to land that group, to land that business, to get us that, that base rate and, you know, all that great stuff. We get that for the most part. And we get it even more if you come to the stand-up meetings and tell us why. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even more so, Um, but it's like the, where people get pissed is when it's like, don't expect the world from us throw us under the bus when you under communicated and it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, simultaneously not show us any love or, uh, um, or admiration when it's due or congratulations or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Like, it's just, we want to feel like one team with sales because it's like, we don't want to feel like the, the peons who are like, you know, in operations and then Mm. the castle, the the kingdom in in the sales (laughs) office, you know, um, (laughs) And I, I feel like, I mean, seriously, like I already know just by talking to you guys that like, if you would be able to get away with murder, working with me in operations and, and you guys in sales, because it's just like, how am I supposed to say no when you're helping out and being so kind and gracious about everything? Like, it's almost a tip for salespeople listening. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can get away with more, get more business, get higher commissions if you actually just do the right thing and yeah. show a little right. care for your team. Yeah. To and, that's, and that's it. It's right. hospitality. I think everybody deserves the hospitality, not just the guests. So that's my thing. Tell us where you want hospitality MD to go. What's your goal? What's your Oh, that's a, that's a good vision. question. You know, I would really like to eventually, and this is a long-term goal, but I feel like I really do feel like I have a lifetime to achieve it and it wouldn't yeah. be worth achieving if it didn't take that long to get there. Um, but that would be to own and operate my own hotel yeah and to do it the way that I've always been criticized for suggesting that we do it okay by the people who think they know best Mm -hmm. um just to show that hospitality is a practical business model for a hotel that hospitality first is what we should all be doing and it's and it's not impractical it's not naive it's not careless it's actually probably going to outperform any of like these lame hotels that are just running it purely as a real estate investment and, yeah um, sure. you know so that's kind of i want to i want to do the whole thing hotel mm-hmm. hotel side you know just yeah own it so i don't have to deal with somebody telling me no and operate it so i don't have to deal with somebody who doesn't want to do what the operation <laughs> requires to right. make it run the way that I want it to be run. So I kind of, yeah, I mean, to, to put it simply, I want to 
I want to do what normal hotels won't let you do. Okay. Right. Nikki, well, you have a question? Well, no, I was going to say, I, I can understand what you're saying because when you, when you put the service first and you do the right things. And I mean, we all do it. You have your favorite restaurant or your favorite, whatever it is, and you go there because of the service and, you know, you return and you become a lifetime customer. And I I feel like in hospitality, it's the same thing. You know, you have clients as Robin and I joke about being in hospitality is like witness protection because (laughs) your, your salespeople are always moving around (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you'll have those clients that they'll follow you wherever, wherever you go. Yeah. Because they know you're giving the service, you're taking care of them. Um, Even if you've got a new team behind you or that you're standing with, they know like, okay, you know what? Robin's over there. She's going to get them together. I'm not worried about it. So, you know, it's that service that, that follows and stays. Yeah. And it like, it, it proves that it's not the product. It rarely is. I mean, unless you are going to like a complete shithole or something that nobody wanted to stay at, but like, it's rarely the product. It's rarely the fact that you have a shuttle service that anybody can really give you like, and it's people want to do business with people that they like to do business Mm -hmm. with. And absolutely, you know, I think, anything from just from transient guests all the way up to your groups embody that and it's you know but hotel management companies don't know that and it's ironic now because we actually saw that guests will actually just stop showing up like we just we Mm -hmm. just witnessed it that the guests are not guaranteed to be here the group business is not guaranteed um and you see now that the hotels that are have done the right thing in the past are way further along on the recovery, not only from a staffing perspective, but also, which is, you know, the crisis that we had, you know, kind of talked about Mm -hmm. offline. They're not only further along on a staffing perspective, they're further along on their IBT and their groups starting to come back and at least have those conversations with them. You know, maybe if they're not ready now, but at least they're putting something on the books rather than the hotel basically just being completely dark and they're just kind of passively waiting for, things to go back to normal when they just didn't have to work for it and the business just kind of showed up. Right. Right. As we wrap up, I have one other question. Um, You mentioned speaking with um, Purdue students and that what, what do you say to those students that are coming into the business um, to ignite the spark when all of you been hearing about is COVID and layoffs and furlough. How do we get them excited about coming in and, uh, and joining the team, joining the industry? That's a great question because I'm actually working on an episode right now. I'm trying to find the right people to, to do it with um, about how do we make hospitality attractive for new people coming mm-hmm. in because yeah, sure. um that that is a, a a problem like who yeah. hospitality looks like the word the last thing that anybody would want to do right now yeah <laughs> so i guess in my opinion to answer your question i think I, like if if you look at what did what were previous generations more okay with and that was more i think clocking in clocking out 
putting in your time, stacking up that seniority, getting your 401k set up, Mm -hmm. um, you know, making sure that you keep your insurance benefits, all that kind of stuff. And they were willing to just put their head down, shut up and do the work. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. What are young people not on a general sweeping generalization basis more likely not going to do exactly that right. what do they want <laughs> what why is it that there, there's it's harder to retain young people well yeah. I think it's because operators are still acting like people are just going to sit down shut up just you know work your tail off and mm-hmm. and whatever but the reason is people want purpose behind what they're doing and they feel like they want to they want to make a difference in the world and you know that's why you see so many people now who are doing podcasts or starting different adventures because they want to touch people and impact people right yeah and and have a purpose so I think it kind of starts with what we talked about at the beginning of the show which was really being able to hook them on the unique intimacy of that every person that you touch is changing, you know, the world essentially, and really making an impact on people's lives Mm -hmm. in almost not quite a charitable sense, but in a lot of ways, it it is almost charitable in nature, the way that nobody is paying for like, you know, you're, you're paying for the room and it's a transaction, but the hospitality is priceless. And, um, you know, I think that if you can really get people sold on that and really mm-hmm. convince them and they're young, they are willing to give hospitality and to give hotels yeah. a shot and to give it a chance. And then I think also that's how you get them in the door and you keep reiterating that you keep training them, you keep drilling that into their head. Yeah. Simultaneously, people want to grow, you know, they want to learn more about the business that steward who, you know, again, maybe previous generations would have been happy to just make the money, do their, their eight hour shift. They have a predictable schedule. They can go home to their family and they Mm -hmm. just have that. And that's enough for them. And not saying that no young people are willing to do that. You'll have that, but it's more of an anomaly nowadays. Yeah. So that steward that you hire, you want to start getting them in on development opportunities very early on. So they already feel like, each dish that they wash is leading them to something greater rather than just leading them to a dead end of stagnancy. And I really do think that kind of working on that is going to be the key to making the industry attractive Attractive, and retaining and and having younger people and and students want to want to do it because there's just so many options out there now that are like so star studded and just shiny for oh my god hospitality takes you all over the world i mean you can work in dubai you can work in san francisco you know you can work in houston i mean there's just so many opportunities so many disciplines um i I didn't even think about that actually yeah i mean the most obvious answer you could travel the world travel the world yeah yeah and you start young and you can be in the like Nikki and I called it the Marriott Witness Protection Program, and you can move every eighteen months <laughs> to a different property. You, you know, want. to a different property. So, Kyle, tell us where we can find you. So, uh, to find every single link to any hospitality MD anything, you can go to solo dot 
T-O slash hospitality MD. And that will be a link that leads you to a collection of links that has everything that you can find. Um, But also just Kyle Allison on LinkedIn, just search it and find me there and would, you know, I'm very happy to talk to anybody who wants to talk about hospitality. It's my favorite subject. I know ours too. (laughs) And that's why, like I said, we talk about this stuff almost every day. Um, And so we were like, let's open it up and talk to more people and see what's going on. (laughs) So what lasting uh, words of wisdom do you have for those of us, you know, Nikki and I are still looking for work. Hopefully it'll be, you know, back on property or remote or, you know, whatever in hospitality um, as we recover, what words of encouragement, optimism can you give to us Mm. or anybody else that's still looking? I mean, I see, we see signs that they're bringing people back every day. I see somebody on LinkedIn saying, I'm going back. Right. Me too. I see (laughs) that as well. And we also see like, there's a surplus of jobs versus people willing to take those jobs, you know, but maybe not so much in like, not sales though, social or sales or anything like, like that's, you know, maybe going to take a little bit longer Mm -hmm. perhaps, but I kind of feel like, I mean, I don't really know, like, to talking to everybody. I don't really know, but like just talking to you guys, I kind of feel like if I were hiring for salespeople, I would want to hire people just like you for the reasons that you mentioned about going up and helping out and just being a lead. Like, I kind of feel like you should advertise that more as you start looking for jobs. Okay. Uh, Or I guess you are looking for jobs, but like maybe Mm -hmm. just be like more like loud about that because then you stand out as team players versus snooty salespeople that yeah. like fit the stereotype of everything. Right. Right. Um, right. And also I kind of feel like from, and this is also bad because a lot of hotels are exploiting people now and doing 10 different jobs for half the pay that they oh, had yeah. like originally, but <laughs> that's a thing. And I, I'm not like, <laughs> let's perpetuate that. I'm not saying that at all, but you know, like they might appreciate it if, they hear, hey, if I need to help strip some rooms because we're understaffed in, in housekeeping mm-hmm. after I just landed us a, a, a sports team, like I'm going to land the sports team and give us the business. And while we wait for our staff to build back up again um, and we, we figure out that piece of that kind of hiring crisis, I'm going to be up there helping out when needed, but don't take advantage of me, but I'm still going to right. help you. Yeah. Um, right. And then I also feel like if you even go a step further with that, you could even sell that as like advertisements to housekeepers and other staff members, mm-hmm. like your sales team, isn't going to be looking down on you. They're going to be up there with you. So you're coming right. back to an environment that supported you despite what you might be used to from working at other hotels yeah. or other environments. Cause it's like, I feel like it's all interconnected. Yeah. Um, but it again, is. ultimately final statements are like, I don't know about anybody else. Like hopefully everybody's doing good, but like yeah. for you guys, I feel like this should be so easy for you guys to yeah. find jobs once everything is in sales starts coming back because yeah. you have track records and then now you're doing the podcast, which yeah. is like giving you visibility to the industry. I mean, feel like it's going to be really easy for both of you I don't know that's just a feeling I have from your mouth to God's ears yes, thank you so much Kyle <laughs> thank you look we, we could talk to you all day I know <laughs> really I feel good. like I'm still you know 
I still want to learn more about you guys, you know? Oh, so. well, you know what? You, you have us on, we have you on again. Yeah. And I'm going to catch you on Friday because you have a big show on Friday. So. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Looking forward to talking to you both soon. Pleasure. Sounds good. Always. Thank have you. Have a great one. All right. See you guys. Thanks Bye. again. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Don't Look Under the Bed podcast. Please subscribe, like, comment, and tell a friend. We also encourage you to share your stories at stories at don'tlookunderthebed.org.